Well, good morning, everyone. For those of you who don't know me, my name's Caleb, and uh, I'm one of the leaders here at Gateway. Uh, unfortunately, can't be, be with you in person this morning. Uh, one of our kids tested positive for COVID this week, um, so we're avoiding, you, the rest of us are all avoiding kind of indoor crowds for uh, the next few days. Um, but uh, but yeah, I wanted to kind of share this morning anyway, and uh, hopefully this technology uh, will work. Uh, this year, uh, 2022, we are doing something again that we did last year, which was in January, uh, we got ourselves a jar. We call it our memory jar, just a, a simple glass jar, uh, full of pieces of paper you will see from last year. Throughout 2021, every time we as a family uh, had something that, that was just a great memory. We thought that was great. We really enjoyed that. Something that brought us joy. Uh, we would write on a little slip of paper, put it in the memory jar. And then on New Year's Eve, uh, we sat down as a family together and we spent an enjoyable 45 minutes or so just going through these different memories of things that had happened, positive things in 2021. And it, it brought us great joy. And uh, we're going to do the same again this year. I know it's something similar, actually, many of you uh, do something along those lines. I don't know if you also knew that in 2021, so there were some other really positive things that happened. So the World Health Organization officially declared China uh, free from malaria after decades of a targeted and sustained action against the disease. Apparently in the 1940s in China, uh, there were over 30 million malaria cases every year. They've now just gone four years in a row, successive years, uh, without any indigenous cases, meaning they can be declared malaria-free. Uh, I don't know if you also knew that in the Netherlands this year, they did a, a, a population count, a census on urban bee populations, and they found that after previous years of decline, the last few years now, uh, the, the numbers have remained steady due to several initiatives, including people having bee hotels in their gardens and a ban on chemical weed killers. Uh, I don't know if you also heard this story, from last year, but the team at the Internet Watch Foundation in Cambridgeshire, they have the, the horrible but necessary task of categorising child abuse images that are found online, working out which are the most serious. They actually this year finished um, some sort of serious piece of technology which does a lot of the hard work in categorising images and then shared this data with um, enforcement, law enforcement agencies across the world, essentially meaning uh, that other countries without similar kind of levels of technology were much more quickly able to identify the most serious images online, remove them, block that content and then bring offenders to justice. Another thing that happened last year in 2021 was that a species of orchid that was once thought to be extinct in the UK was found and found to be thriving. A whole colony of them, believe it or not, found on the roof of an investment bank in central London. Uh, there was also last year a landmark decision by the UK Supreme Court uh, that saw Uber drivers uh, given workers' rights. This ruling meant that Uber um, staff, Uber drivers, uh, are technically now workers and not self-employed, meaning that they now qualify for minimum wage and holiday pay. 
Uh, another story that happened recently in December. Uh, 100 passengers on an aeroplane flying from Chicago to Washington, D.C. were the first in the world to do so with one of the jet engines uh, running on 100% non-petroleum-based sustainable fuel, believe it or not, made from sugar water and corn. Uh, apparently, this fuel is said to burn up to 75% cleaner than petroleum-based fuel, a step forward. Uh, in the green revolution. Uh, alongside that, in August, for the first time in history, across the entirety of Europe, electric cars outsold diesel cars, meaning again, much less pollution for the environment. Alongside that, again in December, uh, the International Energy Agency revealed that 2021 has been uh, the, the most uh, or the best and biggest year ever for renewable energy across the world. And uh, another thing linked to malaria, actually, I don't know if you read this one again, but the first ever vaccine for malaria was approved by the World Health Organization um, in 2021. Uh, apparently more than uh, a quarter of a million, 260,000 uh, 260, African children die at this point every single year from malaria. And it's believed that this vaccine will prevent tens of thousands of deaths every single year. Um, the World Health Organization um, said approval of the jab which has a really strong safety profile, is really feasible to deliver as well. They said that this will change the course of public health history. What a great news story. Uh, don't know if you heard this one as well. England's largest ocean rewilding scheme began in April with the aim to plant eight hectares of seagrass meadow, uh, which are incredible habitats for marine creatures, as well as absorbing carbon 35 times faster than a rainforest. Uh, and you, another piece of good news was that after years and years of negotiation, a global minimum corporation tax of 15% has been established and endorsed by 136 countries, recently endorsed as well by the G20. Uh, this is going to help crack down on tax havens and big companies avoiding paying taxes in the countries where they operate. Uh, and finally, piece of good news uh, was that China announced that giant pandas are now officially taken off the endangered species species list back in July of last year. Uh, the species that are native to China has had its status upgraded from endangered to vulnerable following successful conservation work, which is just brilliant news for pandas, isn't it? And those of us who love pandas. So 2021 has been there's been some good stuff happening, hasn't there? And we can't lose sight of that. <laughs> and yet, yet we are very aware, aren't we, of some of the challenges of the last 12 months as well. It's been a tough year for so many people. We have endured a full calendar year in the midst of this global pandemic. The entire world has been rocked by the events of 2021. The reality is that we've all been in the same sea. We've all been impacted differently. It, we can't really say we're all in the same boat with it. It's almost like we're all in slightly different boats in the same sea. It's been impossible to avoid the repercussions of this pandemic, but we've all been impacted differently. I know, having spoken to many of you, that some of you are dealing with children who've grown up in their early years with, without proper social interaction and you're still dealing with the fallout from that. 
I know some of you who are grandparents feel like you've had the last couple of years of grandparenting robbed. Those of you with families ab abroad in particular, just not being able to see family for two years and particularly for elderly people, people moving into their their kind of later years of life feel like we've lost years and we're never going to get them back and the, t and the clock is ticking. That's really hard. We know some young people, whether it's at school, college or university, uh, have, have really struggled, struggled with home working during lockdown last year and are still playing catch up, have fallen behind academically. I know that for some of you, your social anxiety has just been massively heightened by lockdown and the fears around catching the virus and all these restrictions. And, and, and you almost feel crippled by your social anxiety now, greatly increased over the past year or so. I know some of you have just struggled in your jobs, your jobs have changed or the circumstances have changed or you've changed and you feel discouraged or disillusioned. I know some of you are still battling the physical effects of COVID, having caught the disease and, and still impacted daily by long COVID. And I know some of you who live alone or were shielding, just it, it, it was a brutal, another brutal year for many of you, having to manage alone, having to cut back on relationships, having to go digital with communication. So many challenges and all of us impacted in different ways. On a personal level, just kind of sharing for me, I guess, I've recognised that the last couple of years, the pandemic has taken a toll on me in a, in a really strange way. I feel like my emotional capacity has decreased. I feel like I'm not really able to deal with some of the challenges that come my way just as in, in normal life, really. I feel like those things have become harder to deal with. I'm much more easily discouraged or much more easily frustrated or I get grumpy much more easily. I get angry much more easily. It feels like my emotional capacity has been decreased. I also at times have felt really tired inexplicably, just felt like I'm getting good amounts of sleep and yet I am tired. The, the, the toll of just processing this pandemic, this collective kind of trauma of, of the last couple of years has, has taken a toll on me. I'm sure that will be, be something that, that maybe you can relate to in a similar way. Sometimes it's done something to us internally that then has an impact on how we behave externally. You might have found yourself in conversations with people, uh, with other people, or it might be yourself in a conversation, or it might have even been me you've, you've encountered and thought, that, that reaction, was, was, was that about this or is it about something else? Like just people are reacting differently because they're carrying more, because they've been impacted on, on a kind of emotional and mental level by the last couple of years. And it changes how we respond and react to things. In disaster response, there's a whole people, I remember my sister actually, one of my sisters went to university with some people who were doing as a degree disaster management. There is a whole level of expertise and knowledge and people and experience who 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 come in after a natural disaster and, and help work through what happens in the aftermath. And uh, I was reading an article recently that somebody sent me 
uh, of an expert, a man who I believe has around 14 years experience working in disaster management. And he talks about how there are three recognised steps um, post-disaster. So there is the, the initial response where people mobilise, rally round and deal with the immediate basic issues. There's then the recovery where you start to kind of work through some of the impact that it has had, followed by reconstruction, the third step, where you actually start to try and rebuild infrastructure. So it, if, if a hurricane or a tornado swept through a community, what they would talk about with step one recovery is about ensuring that people's basic needs are met. Step two, interestingly, the recovery stage is mainly about helping people process trauma and anxiety caused by this natural disaster. And then uh, step three, phase three, is all about rebuilding, about growing people's confidence again. And, uh, and essentially what they see in that third stage is a gradual reduction of the challenges of trauma and grief that have been so prevalent post-disaster. Now, COVID, I would suggest, has been, been a collective trauma, not hugely dissimilar in many ways to something like a natural disaster. I don't know if you remember that initial response that we had of you know WhatsApp groups setting up in streets and people you know messaging one another, can I pick up your shopping? Can I get your medicine? Has anyone got any toilet roll that we could have? We're on to our last roll. That was the initial response that was had, a kind of rallying round. But then what does that second and third stage look like for us? It, 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 when a pandemic has swept through or is continuing to sweep through, well, I, I would suggest that we are, we, we are still there. We, we're not through the back of this. This isn't a, a kind of one-time disaster that swept through and, and then we're picking up the pieces. This is an ongoing challenge, disaster pandemic that we are having to deal with. And so those steps of dealing with the anxiety and trauma caused by this is, is, is made even more difficult because we're still, we're still being traumatised. We're still having to deal with lockdowns and the implications and scares and fear and all the rest of it. And so those that process of, of even recovering, of starting to help people work through the, the trauma and the, the mental impact that this has had and is having on people, I think is, is going to be a, a long-term thing, really. It's, it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to be something that will take time to process. And, uh, and, and so, you know, what, what do we do in these times? How do we, where do we go from here? <laughs> you know, I, I, I would love to stand here today and declare that 2022 is going to be our best year ever, that we're going to be through this pandemic, that this Omicron wave is going to be the end of it, that we're going to, you know, go from strength to strength, that this year is going to be a year of recovery and rebuilding, and we can finally work through some of that trauma and those challenges. But unfortunately, I can't predict the future. I can't make any promises. And anyone who tries to make you promises about this year is... Uh, uh, well, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what to say about those people, to be honest. Just listen with caution to anyone who makes bold predictions about this year. I, I think it would be unwise to do so. I have no idea whether 2022 is going to be better 
or worse than 2021. Who knows? For all we know, 2022 could be a worse year. Things could spiral out of control. We could see even worse things happen. We, we have no idea and we have very little control over what actually happens. There is a huge amount of uncertainty. That is the bad news. <laughs> I want to get to some good news though. Here's, here's two things that, that I am clinging on to as we go into 2022 that, that I, I would love us as a church to be clinging on to collectively. Two truths that I think in uncertain times we can be certain of we can cling to, we can kind of set our anchor in, we can build our, our lives upon these two truths that I believe will serve us well if we hold on to them in 2022. So are you ready for these two things? The first one, the first truth, whatever happens, I believe we can cling to. The first encouraging truth is this, that Jesus has overcome. Jesus has overcome. And the second truth that I want to share and talk about today is that God is at work. These two things I want to talk about today. So the first one, Jesus has overcome. Just before his crucifixion, Jesus knows his time on earth is coming to an end. He gathers his followers and uh, and he knows his time with them is limited. So he, he looks to share and to encourage and to build up and to teach. And he spends a whole chunk of time. You can read about this in John uh, all the way from chapter 13 through to the end of chapter 17. He, he, he's going to prepare them. He's preparing his followers for what will become the normative Christian life as in not walking around with physical Jesus in human form anymore, but, but life with the Holy Spirit, walking daily, following him, but without his physical presence, but with his spirit in us. He's preparing them for this. And what does he teach them? Well, it, it won't come as a surprise to you <laughs> that he doesn't say to them, follow me, trust in me, and everything will go perfectly. Your life will be wonderful. Each year will be better than the last. You'll be wealthy. You'll be healthy. You'll be strong. You will have everything you want in this life, and life will be easy and comfortable. <laughs> I'm afraid he doesn't say that. One of the things he says is this. He says to them, here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. Here on earth, you will have. I, I, he's not promising an easy life. He's not promising things will be simple and comfortable. He says, no, here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. But, and there is a big but here. He says, but take heart, but be encouraged, be strengthened, strengthen yourselves. For I have overcome the world. We can't expect an easy, comfortable life just because we've said yes to following Jesus. But what we have is Jesus. <laughs> and what he does is he invites us to take heart, to be encouraged and strengthened in him. Why? Because he has overcome the world. Note what he doesn't say. He doesn't say, take heart and you will overcome 
the world. He's not promising that we will overcome. And he's also not saying, take heart because you have overcome the world. No, it's not about us. <laughs> this statement he makes, we're encouraged to take heart, not, not because of anything to do with our external circumstances or position in life. No, he, he invites us to take heart and to be encouraged because he has overcome the world. In the midst of trials and suffering and challenges, Jesus invites us to take heart in his victory that he has overcome. He has won the victory and so we can take heart. He invites us to, to fix our attention and our eyes on him, not on us and our circumstances, but on him and his victory. So he is our strength. So he is our comfort. He is our hope. We root these things in Jesus, the victorious Jesus who has overcome the world. It's, it's, a, it's a complete change of perspective, a complete change of our vision, our view away from ourselves and what, what we have to do to overcome, what we have to do to be strong and to battle through and to, to be courageous and all of that. It takes the focus away from us and puts it on him, on our perfect, victorious Jesus. One John, I was just looking at this this morning, in one John, um, John invites us, he talks about us overcoming, he does, so there is an element of we will overcome, but but he frames it all in, we overcome by putting our faith in Jesus, by, by believing in him, we overcome by putting ourselves in Jesus, not by battling through, trying to be strong, trying to be, trying to do everything right, trying to be somebody, trying to do something. No, we overcome because by, by putting our faith and trust in Jesus, by putting ourselves in him because he has overcome, we can take heart. No matter what 2022 brings, no matter what is coming our way, we can take heart in him. We can take heart in Jesus, our victorious saviour. The second thing that I think we can take great comfort from and will see us through this next year is that God is at work. He is always at work, always. Back in November, I, I was, like I said earlier, just kind of battled some discouraging times this year, just things throwing me off really easily and thinking, what on earth am I doing? Why am Why am I doing this? Back in November, I was in what I was in that place, and uh, I went along to a, a worship meeting, and uh, and and God just spoke to me, just met me in the midst of it. I was crying out to Him, saying, "God, what am I doing? Like, what on earth is is this all about? Why Why am I bothering? I'm feeling so disillusioned, so discouraged." And in that moment. God spoke to me more clearly than I've, I've felt he's spoken to me in, in many years, actually. And, uh, and here's what he said. It was painful, but it was true and it was encouraging. He said this. He said to me, I've got you where I want you. I was crying out to him, saying, God, I'm, I'm broken. <laughs> I'm discouraged. I'm empty. I'm inadequate. I'm not up to the task. And God's response was, Caleb, 
I have got you exactly where I want you. It was a bit of a painful truth for me to embrace, but at the same time, incredibly encouraging. God, you have got me where you want me. Empty, broken and inadequate. That is what he is doing in me, I sense, in this season. Hitting challenges that are difficult, hitting this emotional lack of emotional resilience. My emotional capacity being diminished. In this, God is teaching me what? <laughs> saying, I I've got you where I want you. Why? <laughs> why, God? Have why is this where you want me? Because I want you to come to me. <laughs> Years back, I I'm not going to go through this story again, but some of you have heard me talk about the, the desolation of inadequacy, my my kind of place on Hogmo where I met God and felt in, in the midst of just kind of, God, I can't do this job. I can't, I'm not up to this role. God saying, yeah, great. <laughs> this is where I want you, inadequate. And, and I felt like he did something in me there and I've been learning since about what it means to, to be inadequate in, in this role of, of, of being part of the leadership of a church. And, and I feel like he's teaching me. It's an ongoing challenge of him just teaching me to, to operate from a place of inadequacy. But I feel like this pandemic has caused me, it, it's caused me to go further in that. What I've realised is I've been self-reliant. I used to pride myself on, on being fairly kind of unflappable, could take most things in my stride. Not at the moment, not in this time, not in these times, not over the past couple of years. Things have rattled me. Things have knocked me off easily. Uh, what I'm realising is that taking pride in my ability to deal with, deal with things, that was a sin. It is a sin. It's something that just is self-reliance. And God is teaching me to come daily to him for my strength every day, for, for, for my own mental well-being. God is teaching me to come to him and to lean on him. God is at work in these times. He has got me where he wants me. Romans 8 28 is, is often used, it's the verse that, that talks about how God works all things together for the good of those who love him. We often use this to, to kind of say, well, you know what, everything will be all right in the end. Don't worry when bad things happen because it'll all work out well in the end. I don't think that's what that verse is really about. Maybe what that verse is about is that in the midst of challenges, when you're facing suffering, difficult things, God is at work. He is working things together for our good. And you know what? It might not be external circumstances that turn out well or are transformed, that God is working those things out. It may well be we need to look deeper within and ask him the question, God, what are you doing in me at the moment? What are you, what is the work that you are doing? How are you using these circumstances to do a deeper work in me of transforming me more into the likeness of your son, Jesus? I want to ask you that question today. What is God teaching you through the challenges of this pandemic? What is God trying to show you about yourself that he wants to change? For me, 
a self-reliance just for my everyday is teaching me to lean on him. I'm sure there are a bunch of things, other things as well for me, but, but that's the big thing at the moment. What is it for you? Maybe it's similar. Maybe it's something about control and our fight to try and control outcomes. Maybe it's, I don't know what it is. One of the things I want to equip you with today is you're going to receive an email or some paper copies at the info point as well. of something, a tool that I've been using uh, every year for the last few years now called the Great Examine. Uh, essentially, it's a self-examination tool where it leads you through a whole bunch of questions to reflect on the last year. I've done it <coughs> again this early January, just reflecting back over 2021. What happened? How did I feel? What was God up to? And uh, there are a whole bunch of questions. I, I would love to ask you to do this. I think it will massively benefit you if you take the, the time to do it. You know, for some of you, it might be a kind of slapdash, let's do it in 10 minutes and that's enough. For some of you, you might want to take a bit longer over it and take some time. But that will be landing in your inboxes very shortly. And I would encourage you to to, to take the time to reflect with God. I think it might help you answer that question of God, what are you teaching me in these times? So I wanna wrap things up. I wanna finish by asking you this question. In 2022, what are you gonna put your hope in? What are you gonna put your hope in? Are you gonna hope that things will turn out better are you going to hope that the pandemic will end, that life will get back to normal, that your job will resolve, that your kids will, you know, be perfect? I, I don't know what, what you might be tempted to put your hope in for this next year. I, I, like I said earlier, I can't promise us a better year. I want to invite you. <laughs> I want to invite myself. I believe God is inviting us to put our hope in him to trust that Jesus has overcome and therefore we can put our hope in him and that putting our hope in the fact that he is at work in the midst of these challenges. I would love us to be a people this year who no matter what happens, we put our trust and our hope in Jesus and we do so whether 2022 is a year that goes up and to the right, that is a, a brilliant year that, that exceeds all of our expectations, or whether it's a year that is worse than this one. What are we going to put our hope in? Whether those outcomes, who knows what they're going to be, but looking forward and thinking either, God, are we able to say, God, if 2022 is worse than 2021, or if it's better than the last year, I will put my hope in you. I will look to you and you alone for my hope for this year. Can we do that collectively? I'm just going to pray and then we'll finish. God, I thank you. I thank you that Jesus has overcome the world. And I thank you that our invitation from him is to take heart to take courage from that truth that he has overcome. And God, in the midst of all our challenges, our trials, the things that, the impact, the, the toll that the pandemic has taken and is taking on us and those we love, God, we want to be people who take heart in you, who say, yes, we put our hope 
and our trust in you, God, in you alone. And God, we trust that in the midst of all this stuff, you are at work. Help us to see what you're up to. Help us to understand what you are doing and help us to trust that you're doing it for our good. Thank you, God. Amen.